Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, my name is Caroline Stocks, Managing Editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me today is Dr. Cameron Ellington, who's a Poultry Health Management Resident at North Carolina State University. Cameron, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Now, you decided to track the distribution of salmonella in one specific um, turkey uh, operation over several years. Can you tell us a little bit about the study and, and what you did? Yeah, so we work with a company who um, collects surveillance samples and they uh, collect samples via booty swabs about 14 days prior to the turkeys going to be processed. Um, And they've been doing this uh, for the past four years. So we use all of that data that they shared with us and we were able to kind of see what factors is it? What is it about these farms in particular or this time in the year in particular? We ended up having uh, 1,606 samples total. And so uh, this company, they collect them via the booty swabs, then they submit them to a third party lab uh, and get their analysis back, which includes not only if it's positive or negative, but also the uh, OCR group that it is belongs to and the CIRVAR. And so we were really able to kind of break this down and see if there were any trends with the OCR groups and also with the CIRVARs themselves. So you looked at the, the different pathogen types as part of the study. Can you tell us about some of the, the different CIRVARs that you saw? So we ended up having 30 different CIRVARs that comprised 11 different OCR groups of salmonella. Um, the one that we saw most frequently was salmonella infantis, which was uh, just over a quarter of all of our samples collected that tested positive ended up being positive for salmonella infantis. Uh, interestingly, in broiler production, we see salmonella enteritidis and salmonella Kentucky pretty frequently, but those were actually pretty far down our list for this turkey operation. And some of the other top ones that we saw were Seftenberg, Albany, and Schwarzengrund. So in terms of the amount of um, infantis that you saw, did it happen at specific stages of production or different ages of the birds? You know, since all of these samples were collected at that two-week mark prior to processing, that is kind of what we're, one of the next steps that we're considering for this study is going back and looking at in the broiler stage and seeing if this, is this something that's originating when the birds are younger and then we're just happening to pick it up at the later date. Infantis is part of the C1 Sera group and that was um, dominant for three years of your study in the results that that you saw, but then it tailed off. Do you know why? You know, that's something that we're also not really sure about. We uh, were working with this company to see is, was there some kind of change in their, uh, in their management, in their interflock management, their litter management? Has there been any change in their their mortality disposal or any of these other factors that really contribute to uh, potentially allowing the introduction of salmonella into the flocks? Um, So yeah, that's something that we're, we're still kind of figuring out. Now, the operation um, increased the amount of antibiotic-free production that it carried out over over the four years. What impact did that have on on the incidence of salmonella? And this operation in particular does, uh, according to marketing demands, they do place more turkeys uh, that they plan to rear antibiotic-free in the fall, in the late summer and early fall. So we were picking up those samples um, that they were collecting two weeks prior to processing in the second half of the year. Uh, So we did see that increase in number of positive samples collected. Um, Unfortunately, with this company, they don't necessarily keep the same location, only raising antibiotic-free birds 
birds are only raising uh, conventional birds. So is there a, is it a location issue? Is it an antibiotic free versus a conventional issue? Um, but we did see that trend and that the, there was a, a definitely more positive samples collected in the second half of the year when this company is raising more antibiotic free birds. You mentioned there that the operation has several several farms. Did the location of the farms have any impact on salmonella incidents? It really seemed to be independent from what we saw. And um, you know, just looking at the geographical distribution, there didn't necessarily seem to be a trend in one area uh, only collecting certain serovars versus another. It was it was actually pretty widely distributed, which we were um, just interested to find out. Um, however, we do want to, since those samples were only collected from the grout farms, we do want to go back and, and start collecting samples from the brooder locations and see if there's any way that we can tie those together. And what about the age of the farms? Did that have any impact? The age of the farms did seem to have an impact. We did see that uh, the newer farms, which likely have just better overall infrastructure, um, better upkeep as far as the just the equipment and the siding and everything is just newer, less holes for things to slip in. Um, we did see that there were less uh, positive samples picked up from those farms compared to the older farms. The main issue is just the infrastructure that just some of these houses have just been around and, and uh, the money that the growers are putting into them is less compared to those newer farms. Um, so the issues that may be small issues that are super manageable on the newer farms are corrected pretty quickly, whereas with the older farms, it's something that at, that, at this point in the farm's life, it's not something that's really worth fixing. Are you looking at other elements um, such as um, like the feed trucks or, or feed quality or litter handling or other elements like that? Yeah, absolutely. Those are definitely all on our horizon. And um, the feed truck movements is one that we're really interested in uh, because the GPS system that these feed trucks use are really tracking these trucks every 20 to 30 seconds. They're they're adding a, a data point to where their location is. And so we're really curious to know if the increase that amount of time that the feed truck is spending at these farms may be a factor that increases their risk of testing positive for salmonella. We definitely want to uh, look a little bit further into like mortality disposal. Um, this system uh, mainly incinerates their mortality. However, there are a few facilities that have composting. Um, and so we just want to see with the location of that composter, the location of the incinerator, how close are they to the actual structure of the house? Um, and is there any risk of somehow introducing salmonella back into the house from their mortality disposals and also the litter management. Are they doing any interflock treatments of the litter? How frequently are they putting down fresh litter um, or fresh shavings and totally cleaning out? So yeah, those are all things that, that we would like to consider down the road. From what you've seen then in this one operation, are there any kind of key takeaways that you think um, farmers could be doing differently or could adopt on their um, in their systems to, to improve their salmonella control? With our poultry world and we're having more and more products taken away with what we can use to treat things, the, the biosecurity and the management of, that bird, of the birds is just hugely important. And salmonella is definitely something that is a, a huge human health risk. And a lot of the research is um, emphasized at the grow out or at the, at the processing plants and then um, on the, the product that we're producing. However, I think that there needs to be more of an emphasis on figuring out what's going on while the birds are still alive and, and coming up with better techniques to combat that so that when we do send those birds to the plant, their the levels of salmonella are lower than what they are that we're sending now. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. 
To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.